Hello, and welcome to the third season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. Before we get started today, I want to let you all know that our annual season finale episode, which always features multiple guests from the season, will be streamed live on our Facebook page on Monday, December 21st at 7 p.m. Listeners can submit questions in advance or call in directly to the webcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Scene to Song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast for more information. My guests today are Daniel Cuny and Tim Sebastian. Daniel and Tim started the site Tenglo for artists to launch, release, and host videos of new work, a song, choreography, and anything else in between. That's the number 10 and the letters glo.com. We're going to talk today about contemporary musical theater through their site Tenglo. Hey, Tim and Daniel, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Well, um, we are going to get started with our get to know our guest questions. Um, The first question, what was your experience with a musical? Sure, Sure. Daniel, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So uh, my first experience with a musical that I can really remember in a fairly profound way was seeing Phantom of the Opera. I believe it was 1990. It was the touring production that came to the Kennedy Center in D.C. I believe Kevin Gray played the Phantom and Keith Butterball played Raul. Uh, But that would have been uh, one of my first experiences with a Broadway musical. Nice. Uh, For me, I was trying to think about, like, what the first experience was that I really remember and I think it was uh I was in sixth grade um and I was the ASM for Schoolhouse Rock um the musical uh and that was like really really my first experience I think like working on a show and I possibly seeing something that I can remember well enough nice I feel like I usually people a stage manager role is not usually their first um experience that's really cool <laughs> i know it, it's kind of it's kind of funny i i was never on the acting side so uh i guess that that explains why i'm still on that the business side right right which musical has had the greatest impact on you so you know i'm a kid of the 80s and the 90s and i think it's just it's really hard for it to be anything other than the big three at the time. You know, there's Les Mis, Phantom, and Miss Saigon. I I can't imagine I'd be working in the theater if it weren't for those three shows. They just, they they, they were the Hamilton of their day. And, um, you know, I'd like to sort of tell you, like, oh, at age 10, I was, you know, watching and listening to Brecht, but uh, those were the three. I mean, for me, of those three, Miss Saigon was my big one. So I, def- I definitely was part of that. Um, was part of that era as well. Did you see it on Broadway? I did. I saw it on Broadway. My mom took me when I was nine years old because I was so obsessed with it and uh, I knew all the, all the words. Um, yeah, so she took me to see it. Um, the original cast was mostly out by that point. Um, but 
but I still got, I was very excited about to go. It was like a major, a major event. <laughs> I think for me, uh, it was, uh, it's, I think it's a very hard question, but I think for me it was probably Merrily. Um, and I say that only cause I think it was the first show I really became familiar with. Um, and it had a different format, right. Right. From like a typical musical. Um, and I, we see like so much more of that now, but, um, that was what came to mind immediately. Yeah. What, um, when did you first see it? Um, I actually have, I've actually never seen oh, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually read it, um, oh, when nice. I was uh, in school and was interested in theater. And so that's, yeah, yeah. that was like a, a weird experience, right? Uh, reading it and not right. seeing it. Um, but yeah, I've actually never seen it. Oh, wow. Well, it's really cool that for a show that you haven't, that, that has had such an impact on you, you still have the experience of seeing it like yet to come <laughs> in your life. Exactly. Right. And, and maybe I'll be yeah. disappointed or, right. <laughs> or, or, do you remember how old you were when you, when you, um, when you read it? I th- I honestly think I was in ninth grade. Um, wow, and nice. I was like, just like really getting excited about, um, and I was really just getting excited about theater. Um, and so I was like reading a bunch of stuff and listening to a bunch of stuff. And that album for me was like really why I started, um, getting into it and so then I read it and that was sort of uh where that came from what's a musical people may be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised Tim do you want to take this one first while I think about an answer (laughs) (laughs) sure um for me uh I think it was the Spongebob musical I mean I'm I thought about that because I was actually surprised I liked that Mm -hmm. um and I always laugh because I, I don't even remember, I don't remember what season that was. It was like three or four years ago now, I think. Um, I think just two years ago. Yeah. Was it two years ago? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> and so I remember like telling people specifically not in theater, like, oh, I, I love the SpongeBob musical. I love the SpongeBob musical. Like you have to go see it. And people were like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and I never watched SpongeBob as a kid. Uh, and I... I haven't really seen an episode of SpongeBob, to be honest. Um, but I just thought they did a great job with it. Um, and everything from like, it was, a, they put a great cast together. They did a great job on the design. They did a great job on the direction. Uh, and so I, it's a, it's kind of a silly answer, but I, I thought they did a really fantastic job and it surprised me. So yeah. I, and I know it surprises other people when I say that. Yeah, no, I mean, I was the same way. I resisted seeing it for a long time because I, I just thought that it wasn't for me. Because I didn't grow up watching Spongebob and, you know, but then I finally, after a lot of people saying how good it was, I finally saw it. And it's, it is really amazing how they wrote that show like for everybody, not just people who grew up with the show. Yeah. How about you, Daniel? All right. So I, th- I thought of one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Mean Girls. Oh. So, and sort of like Tim, this is a musical that surprised me. Uh, you know, I don't actually have the most highbrow taste when it comes to theater or musicals. But I went in with absolutely zero expectations and just found myself laughing from start to finish and like big, big belly laughs. And, you know, I was one of those things like I would be just walking around New York City in the days and weeks afterwards and just finding myself uh, pulling it up on Apple Music. And it's one of those things like I always know when a musical has resonated with me or just kind of been impactful in some way when I'm just like walking down the street, like, oh, you know, I've got to listen to that song one more time. <laughs> uh, and Mean Girls did it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly isn't very highbrow, but uh, it got to me. Nice. I actually, I didn't see that one, um, but I know, I know like a lot of the songs from it and they're all, I, I enjoy all of them, the ones that I know. So 
definitely a good choice. Daniel, of uh, constantly listening to it. I like it, the songs were so catchy that we get stuck in my head. Yeah, exactly. What's your favorite musical that no one else has heard of? So I'm gonna go with a musical on Tenglo right now, mm-hmm. and certainly people have heard of it. It's called right. The Anxiety Project. It's by uh, the composing team of Dean and Brush. So it's been out in the world for about a year now, but certainly uh, has not had a commercial production that I'm aware of. And I came to learn of it because of uh, getting to know David and Rachel and seeing their videos on Tenglo. Uh, and it's just a fabulous, beautiful musical about mental illness and um our, our own mental health um and it's just there's some beautiful beautiful songs on there um and i don't think it's widely known yet but it, it will be soon yeah and rachel um rachel dean and david brush are former podcast guests and uh uh they will uh and and future podcast guests coming back on so definitely Yay. definitely a big fan of, of their work uh, I think for me, I'm also. Uh, it was also a musical that is on Tenglo, uh, and it's the only musical I think on Tenglo that I've actually seen in person. Uh, and it is uh, the Molly House, which was it's written by Richard Hansen and uh, Divya Moss, uh, and they have a couple songs up there, so uh, it's worth checking out. Uh, but it's the story of an underground gay pub um, in 1726 London. So it's fascinating. Uh, it's a bit Hamilton-esque. Um, uh, I, ju- I just thought they did a really great job with it. I saw uh, like a, a workshoppy type production of it. Oh, um, nice. And they did a great job. I love those workshoppy productions. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check it out. I, I know I've heard of, of the writers, but I don't know the show. Who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical? And who is your favorite villain character or antagonist in a musical? So, protagonist. Tracy Turnblad mm-hmm. and antagonist Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Oh. I think that's the only answer, <laughs> other than what Tim is about to say. Uh, say uh, protagonist for Matilda. Mm. Um, I actually was thinking about Tracy, Ooh, so I'm, good. I'm glad I went with Matilda. No, uh, but that's good. That's so good. <laughs> I wanted to say Audrey too, um, but mm. then I was like, "That's silly." So uh, my other one was Sweeney Todd. Yeah, that's a good one. What is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state that you didn't think was possible to get to? So I'm going to name two. Mm-hmm. And the first one was, I, I have to be honest, I, 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 I've been listening to your podcast and I've been hearing you ask this question <laughs> a few times. And I was like, oh, Daniel, don't choose Hamilton. Don't choose Hamilton. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, the reconciliation scene between Eliza and Hamilton, I am just like a ball of tears mm. every time I see the show. Uh, you know, I think partly like I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm recently married uh, myself. And so just sort of, you know, you're always thinking about like how like far could I go or my spouse go and we would still be able to forgive each other. Mm-hmm. And so when she forgives him uh, and, you know, the whole chorus sings forgiveness it's just uh it's a it's a a, gut, a punch in the gut man mm. um but uh, that, that's the, the most complex one that um but i also want to answer with the opposite of complex yeah. uh, which is like what is the most simple moment in the show that that really gets to me 
And it's just, it's the band's visit. Mm. Um, you know, I can't like pinpoint a moment anymore because it's been a couple years since I've seen the show. Yeah. But like what sort of like a quiet, reflective uh, musical and just this notion that like it, it was just this meditation on a couple days in the lives of these people and not much needed to happen. And so it wasn't complex at all. It was just uh, mundane, but also so beautiful in that. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, how about you? I have to go with next to normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's the, uh, I dreamed to dance into there's a world. Um, and I just, I mean, I think that that score is really beautiful and that show is kind of an emotional roller coaster. Um, but I think that moment specifically. All right. Let's move on to our topic, which is, um, contemporary musical theater, um, specifically with your site, Tenglo. So yeah, while, um, we start with kind of what led you to start this this site sure so you know it really came about organically as we looked at a few problems we were hoping to solve and the one that was most immediately before us was how do we help artists get their work seen during a pandemic and two how do we make it easier than it had been for artists uh to get their work seen when we come back from the pandemic if you recall you know and shoshana i'm sure as an artist you know writing musical theater you know yourself uh the options for getting your work seen and promoting your work uh, are both limited and very expensive and so the whole process was inefficient and i would even say in many ways rigged against artists um So we were hoping to tackle those two problems. And finally, on the other side of things, how do we make it easier for the decision makers, artistic directors, producers, theater owners, casting directors, to discover new works and new talents? And, you know, if readings and workshops are problematic for artists, they're equally problematic for decision makers because they have to make two hours out of their very busy days. Uh, if it's winter to, you know, trudge through the snow. Uh, if it's summer, they've got to sit in a hot, steamy rehearsal room for two hours on a folding chair. Um, it's just really inefficient for everyone. So those are the three problems we were solving for. And as we talked about it, the answer to how to solve all of that kind of became obvious, which was curation. Let's create a site that does what YouTube does, but just for a theater. So now if I'm a composer, you know, I want to post my work on Tenglo because I know that the producers and artistic directors are on Tenglo scoping for new work. And if I'm a producer or artistic director, I want to look for new work on Tenglo because I don't have to sift through cat videos or hope that I'll magically find some new talent on YouTube. So it's a win-win for everyone. You know, we had a contemporary musical theater.com on earlier this season. Um, you know, and this is a great, uh, you know, a great way to keep talking about, you know, the contemporary musical theater scene today and the, the new musical theater that's coming out, um, to be part of the, the musical theater conversation. Um, how is your site different from some of the other sites, uh, that are out there? Yeah, sure. You know, so I think what's really interesting is 
Throughout this pandemic, it sort of seems as if another streaming theatrical site is being announced every other week. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know that in many ways we're just one of many. But we also think what we're doing here is very different um, and, and very special. So number one, there are no gatekeepers on Tenglow. Anyone can join and anyone can post work at any time of day. You don't have to have proven yourself. You don't already have to have had a show produced. You don't need to know any of the team. You don't need to know me. There's zero nepotism. This is totally mm -hmm. democratic. Um, any time of day, anyone, anytime, anywhere in the world can create an account and post their work. And that is fundamentally different than any of the other streaming sites that have been announced uh, since we've all been on quarantine. Uh, and then finally, as I just sort of touched upon, it's the sense of community. You know, we didn't want this to be a place where um, you just threw your videos on there and left. So uh, you can comment on other videos. Uh, when you share your videos, we're seeing a real great uh, sort of inspiring community pop up on Twitter as people share and like and comment and encourage people on Twitter. Uh, and then we also have some sort of secret sauce coming uh, down the road, maybe before the end of the year. Uh, also, just to sort of further um, flesh out this idea of community, that once you post video on Tenglo, it's not one and done, that there's a lot of people there supporting you uh, and helping you on your musical theater journey. That's great. I love I love the idea of uh, a community, um, especially for people who are, you know, just writers who are just starting out um, and kind of looking for for that and they maybe didn't have didn't have that um, elsewhere. That's great. You know, and with these musicals in development, um, you know, sometimes readings are helpful, sometimes not, sometimes workshops are helpful, sometimes not. Um, so yeah, I wonder if you could talk about, uh, I guess the process of, uh, you know, that and, you know, how that relates to, to what you're doing at Tenglo. Sure. How long do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it's one of those things where, I always felt there was an inherent unfairness to festivals in particular. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at those festivals and they all say, you know, there's a $25,000 budget on them, but nobody in practice always spends $25,000. I think right. it's very easy for people who put their shows through the festival process to spend over $100,000. And that's money that they are getting from their friends, from their parents, from their grandparents, from their cousins. And they do it because they think that their industry, the industry is going to come out and see it and that their show is going to get optioned uh, and really become the next Urinetown. And that model has really been in place since, you know, Urinetown broke out of the festival process. And, and I don't want to say that uh, it takes advantage of composers and artists and writing teams. But I think you can probably count on one hand, maybe two hand, um, the number of shows that have been optioned out of these festivals. And yeah. so I've just always felt very uneasy about that whole process. And I thought there's gotta be a better way for artists to get their work out there. And sure, there's YouTube, and sure, you know everyone can have their own personal website, but I think what those things lack is discoverability. And so again, by offering curation, one website where both sides of the equation can come uh, and both sides can benefit from knowing that the other side is there and that it's totally free, um, 
I think that we're breaking down some serious barriers to entry here. I think this only works if both sides of the equation are routinely on Tenglo and, right. uh, you know, one side is uploading and the other side is viewing and watching. So I, I can't name names, but, you know, we have a lot of producers, theater owners, artistic directors, and casting directors who are hitting up the site every single day. I'm always getting emails and texts from all of those folks saying, oh, my God, like, we're so excited about this. I know the one casting director that we work with has already referred a performer she saw in Tenglo to uh, a management talent. I know an artistic director is already considering one of the shows that is up on Tenglo. So we have to have both sides, mm -hmm. and I think that's one of the really unique things that we are offering here is we, we can bring both sides to the table. Yeah, I mean, we know you, know, you said that this uh, site came up uh you know, during the pandemic, um, we can't even do, well, readings maybe, but definitely can't do festivals, workshops um, during this time anyway. But, um, you know, once we're back, uh, you know, in the space together, how is, um, you talk a little about how Tenglo uh, is going to help artists after the pandemic. Oh, I'd love to. So, <laughs> I think what we're doing at Tenglo is we're breaking down the traditional barriers to entry in theater, and they really come down to three things, location, gatekeepers, and money. And those things are definitely going to persist, if not more so, after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So with Tenglo, you don't have to live in New York or Los Angeles or even in the United States to sign up and post your video. Um, two, as I mentioned, there are no gatekeepers. I think one of the most frustrating things for everyone in the industry uh, no matter what your role is, is really, especially when it comes to Broadway, it's the same three people deciding what gets a Broadway space. Uh, and it's been that way for, you know, three decades now, and there's really no sign that that's going to change. On Tenglo, there's no application process, there's no approval process, nobody says yes or no to your work being on the site. Um, there's just, you post, there's no gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. And finally, money. Tenglo is free. It's free to post videos, it's free to watch videos. Um, and many of our most popular videos are just folks singing into their phones. So you don't need to have fancy editing software or hire a camera crew. You just open up your phone, hit record, and upload. Yeah, I'm also, um, it's just like a really exciting time to like think about different formats too. As um, uh, Has anyone used the site, I guess, for like maybe just posting up like, their whole like a, a project you know as as it is like maybe not just even for to be put on a stage later like something that's you know fully formed as like a show and like here it is in you know a series of 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 you know videos basically yeah there's actually been a lot of that um uh, Kayla Wooten posted a video of a song. I think it's Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just like 45, 50 seconds. And she goes, this is for a musical I may or may not write. It's just sort of an idea that I had this morning. And, you know, she whips out her ukulele and just sings. Mm -hmm. uh, so we saw that. Um, uh, and then we also, we have other things besides, they're sort of, I would say, musical theater uh, adjacent. There's a guy named Tim Dolan who runs Broadway Up Close, which is a... Broadway uh, tour company. He's posted a couple videos. So we're really, you know, we're going to have sort of the whole ecosystem, uh, Shoshana, from mm -hmm. videos that are fully formed, fleshed out, 
to things that are just kind of ideas that people want to throw out there and say and sort of see uh, if it has resonance with anyone, get some feedback yeah. on. Yeah, like that's cool too. Like uh, kind of like a a lab or like a like the equivalent of a sketchbook or something. I really like that. I actually I haven't uh, really thought about that before, but I, I actually think that that's um, something that we can probably do a better job of uh, promoting and encouraging. Uh, Tenglo sketchbook. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess because I, as a musical theater writer, kind of was brought up a little bit to be like, don't show anything till it's ready. You know, <laughs> keep it like wait till it's like perfect for viewing. You know, especially because to get musical theater to this place where it's like a polished perfect production is such you know as you were saying like the road is so long with so many gatekeepers and like you know it for a lot of people it's you know it's not easier but it's it's makes it more of a a fun and more interesting process to just you know get stuff out there that you know is not is not polished, is not completely ready just to like have things out there. Um, I have to say, I really, I really love that. I'm actually, once we're done with this call, you <laughs> and I are going to have to really reflect on, on how we can be even more encouraging of that. You know, we, we just had this, um, uh, I, I hesitate to use the word contest, this promotion that we did where yeah. we encouraged people to sing Dean and Brush songs. And one of the things that we just really delighted in was that people submitted videos that were literally them in front of a bedroom wall that were clearly filmed on their phones mm -hmm. um, or even their webcams. And we actually um, really went out of our way to promote those videos. Yeah. Because that's the kind of tone that we were trying to set. You know, we didn't want people to think that you needed to spend five hours editing or you know, get a bunch of 4K video cameras. Nothing would make me happier <laughs> than in a year from now to sort of have seen a musical or maybe a few musicals being fleshed out and formed on Tenglo. Like yeah, just yeah. starting with that 45-second clip to uh, I might have the end of Act 1 now. What do you guys think of this? Um, and kind of testing the waters with that. That would be super exciting for us. Yeah, yeah. I think when things looked re look really polished, even on video, like... Um, it looks amazing and it's great, but I think if the, if the content itself is not, um, is, is not there or not, you know, people can tell when like, it's more substance than, or more flash than substance. So exactly, I think, um, you know, I think people, I don't know, especially now, like now when things are so crazy and and out of feeling out of control like people gravitate a little more toward messy um as long as it feels like uh, like emotional or raw or organic i i feel like i kind of would like to see polished kind of go away and <laughs> go away a little more in in these times um and and beyond obviously getting them to be the best you know that they can be but you know going for, um, you know, going for that kind of more uh, raw, messy, you know, quality. We are going to encourage the mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, because I, I, and I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit on 
the episode with contemporarymusicaltheater.com, which is, you know, especially now, um, now with musical theater, um, it's, it's so much more about, I, I think at least, it's so much more about the song as your entry than it is about the, maybe the show itself, just as like the entryway in. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's funny you say that because I actually, you'll, you'll have to correct my, I'm not a musical theater historian, but I feel mm-hmm. like there's actually a long, uh, semi-rich history of people discovering musicals through the recordings first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at, wasn't Jesus Christ Superstar a concept album before it was ever on stage? Yeah, so yeah. going to have to fact check me on that one. Yeah, no, I think um, you're, I think you're right. And so really all that we're doing here on Tango is taking that very natural impulse, uh, both on the side of the people who are trying to promote the work and the people who are excited about new musical theater, um, that's existed uh, pretty much as long as the art form, but just putting in a very, you know, 2020 way. These are, you know, clips, video clips that you can play and they'll play back really fast and you can Mm -hmm. just sit on your phone or on your uh, tablet or on your PC and just, you know, watch a bunch of new musical theater from the comfort of really wherever you are in your home. Well, cool. Let's, let's talk about some of the, the musical theater that's on the site. We're gonna. We mentioned Dean and Brush, Rachel Dean and David Brush. So let's um, let's talk about their show, The Anxiety Project. So how did um, how did you guys start uh, working with them, and how did uh, was it just that they started uploading on the site? Uh, as as we've spoken about them, they have the Anxiety Project. They did a ten blood challenge with uh, with us recently, which I'll get into. Uh, but we also, I'll give a moment to like plug our blog first. Oh yeah. Have a blog. Um, and so Dean and Brush actually did an interview with us uh, and talked about the Anxiety Project. And from there, once we uh, learned more about that and they uploaded more videos, was actually when we brought them on board for our Tenglo challenge. Um, and so what's uh, great about Dean and Brush, uh, and specifically that musical, uh, is it's really like documentary theater um, where they took submissions um, from real life folks and actually turned it into a musical. And they, they talk in the article um, about how they didn't know if it was actually going to be like a realized musical. Uh, and that's sort of what it ended up turning into. Mm. Um, and so we used them for a Tenglo challenge because we loved what they were doing. Um, they're both awesome people. Um, and again, that's like a virtual relationship we've created through this. Um, and so if you go on Tenglo and you click on our, uh, Tenglo challenge tab at the top, um, that actually shows all the videos of the folks who submitted singing their songs. Um, so that's what's been really great about working with them. Yeah, I think I remember them saying that, that their their show was um, kind of, uh, yeah, it was more of documentary. Like they, they took, yeah, they took uh, interviews with people. Um, I, th- I feel like that that format work, would work really well in this kind of, um, you know, the, this type of site, you know, with, with songs that... Um, kind of like a review format almost but songs that are that can stand alone but they're all with you know a theme um would work really would work really well to be like a complete project on on the site exactly i'll um one of the features that we were really focused on building out quickly was our playlist feature Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was for that exact reason it was like you know if i'm promoting a new musical or, or a set of songs or um, if I'm a performer and I want to um, do something from this era or my college showcase or that type of thing, 
um, it sort of allows you to store videos. So when people find it, they can stumble upon uh, other things that you put with that video. Yeah, I want to... Um... I want to talk about one of Dean and Brush's songs uh, from the Anxiety Project. Uh, I'm going to talk about Relying on the Knife, which is um, a dark song about uh, a, a woman who is cutting herself. It opens with these like running 16th notes. Of, it reminds me of like, a, you know, a Schubert, you know, some kind of Schubert art song. Um, if people know Gretchen on Spinrod, that's that's what it's conjuring for me. One step at a time, breathing like the pamphlet tells you to. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five. Nothing changed. <clears throat> Try again. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, breathing reminds me that I'm not yet dead, but I'm searching for proof, proof I'm alive. The music slows down a little from there. It's not all 16th notes running through. Um, and she has these beautiful lyrics about uh, band-aids and um, what band-aids mean to her and cuts and um, and water and what makes sense to her and I love also how she's singing the count of one Mississippi, two Mississippi um, the Mississippis, I don't know I haven't counted like that in a long time and it just really conjured like a um, like a, a callback to childhood counting, um, juxtaposed with this um, violent act on on the body, um, which was just really interesting. See, cuts just need band-aids, and blood just drains away, and then it's gone, and then it's gone. I can do band-aids and water to wash away. That makes sense to me, this makes sense to me, and so I wash away the pain of life, relying on the knife. And it ends with this very dissonant, held note um, of, you know, which which makes sense, but um, it's still surprising to hear it after. There's a few other dissonances in there, but it it's not really till this last note that the dissonance is is so striking, and um, the sixteenth notes are back um, again. This makes sense to me, but how long can this be? So also we're going to talk about Pod Help the Outcasts. Uh, what is what is that? Um, 
Is that one person or a, a group? Uh, John Campione and Justin Keys. Um, and they are hysterical. Uh, they both um, are actors, writers, uh, and they uh, are not, they're not writing a musical. What they actually do is they write jingles mm. uh, for, for local businesses uh, during the pandemic to help them, to help promote them. Um, oh. So the reason uh, I thought they were a good person to highlight uh, today is because they do such a great job finding businesses that need help and the businesses we know and love. I know um, for the theater uh, folks on here that live in New York, Hold Fast is one of theirs. Uh, I know that's like a staple um, for us after shows and um, happy hours, etc. Uh, and so they do that, which has uh, been great. And they have, they're hysterical. They have some really funny things on the site. Um, and so I just, we just wanted to highlight them. Oh, awesome. I mean, that makes me think a lot about like, um, kind of like musical sketches, um, what, and musical like comedy, uh, would also like fit really well on a site like this because, you know, with the, just like video format, um, you know, uh, variety, variety show type acts and, you know, stuff like that. We take other things too. Um, we have designers, we have comedians, um, mm-hmm. we have dancers. So it's oh, uh, nice. well, we're focused on um, writers, and that was sort of where our initial idea came from. Uh, we will take all all performing artists. Yeah, um, yeah. We love really highlighting them. The other thing I should say also about Plot um, Help That Outcast is what I really so I actually was uh, on on their podcast um, last week, and uh, one of the things they were saying is that they. Uh, they're able to spread the message about these businesses to other states that don't necessarily have access to Broadway. And so mm. for us in New York, right, we're spoiled to a certain extent uh, having such close access to uh, the theater here. And they were saying they're doing jingles in um, Texas and they don't necessarily have the same access to performers and writers that we do here. And um, so one of the great things that uh, the digital age, we can say, right. um, has been able to uh, help with is, is actually sending, like, is doing videos. They can do it here, and it can be for a business that's in a completely different state. Hey, Rawhide Ricky. Yeah, Cowboy Dan. Do you know where we are? I think we're in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Seems about right. It's raining pretty hard. Where are we going to hitch the horses? Well, I was thinking a two-bath condo with an outdoor space and parking. Well, I was thinking a single-family home with low HOA fees and a pool. Hey, Cowboy Dan. Yeah, Rawhide Ricky? We need help. While in the Lone Star State, we like to roam. It is important to, to have a home. And if you need someone who'll help you plan, hey, look no further, because Mikey can't. It's so cool to hear that, like, there's comedians and dancers and um, jingle writers and uh, all that kind of stuff on here. Um, It kind of broadens the community the idea of the community, I think, of, with musical theater writers, it, it is easy to get, like, isolated in our, like, one community, our silo, or, you know, however you want to uh, describe it, but to be, you know, if you're in a community with actors and choreographers and dancers and, you know, all that, um, it sounds like a great opportunity to, to broaden that. And then uh, we've got Leo and Hyde. Uh, why don't you talk about about them yeah are from across the pond uh so they're an example of 
uh, composers uh, we have that are not U.S. based. Mm-hmm. And uh, their whole thing is that they write new musicals uh, and tell stories about technology and modern life. So oh. they have two videos up on the site. Uh, the first one is from a musical called Guy, which is about online dating in the modern gay world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, they do that. And then they also have a musical called The Marriage of Kim K., um, which is about a couple who can't stop arguing about what to watch on TV. Um, and so what's so great about them, uh, and they also are on our blog, so if people are interested in, in what they're doing, uh, it's worth reading about them some more. Uh, but what's so great about them is, is they're trying to appeal theater to an audience that doesn't necessarily um, go to the theater. Uh, and so they do like EDM style shows. Mm. Uh, and so they've done, I pulled a quote while I was, um, while I was reading it again, uh, and they said, quote, uh, music that is on Spotify but not in theater is kind of what they're going for. I loved that because it was such a um, cool way to talk about why they're writing musical theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think as we all like grapple the issue of like how do we get younger people to the theater, uh, they're a perfect writing duo that kind of takes that on in like the foundation of what they do. Yeah, I, I love their music um, from what I've heard on the site. And uh, yeah, it is different from what I, you know, usually hear uh you know as a musical theater sound but i can i can totally see um i can totally envision seeing this this musical with this music um it doesn't sound out of place at all for me um this is the this music that i'm referring to now is from the song click from the musical guide that you mentioned and um yeah i feel like i could just listen to this for for a while and which is you know i would love to sit and watch this musical he makes a cheeky joke he quotes the first thing that i wrote then he gives a compliment but he twists it into a social comment he shouts out his favorite band he hints to pop culture i don't understand then he just slides into a world of emojis suddenly he tells his life story he asks, is there a page for me? He dodges with a deep question. And boy, is he waiting with an honest confession. He says I make him feel at home. He says that talking to me would it might actually be the happiest moments on his phone. We click like a light switch. Love as an algorithm. The rhythm of the heartbeat. Boy, lets you and I meet. We click like a light switch. Love as an algorithm. The rhythm of the heartbeat. Boy, let's meet. So yeah, let's go on to our next section, which is the why is this so good section. Um, and we're going to be talking about a few songs for Get Out the Vote. Um, so why don't you talk about this section and um, why you chose this for Why Is This So Good? So one of the things that uh, we were really focused on as we moved into election season this fall was... Um, you know, we have this little site that has a uh, fan base that's growing, uh, and we were trying to think how we can engage our users to help get out the vote. Um, we obviously all know this is a tense time. It's a tense election, so it's important everyone's voice is heard. And so we reached out to some of our uh, favorite composers on the site uh, who had been posting a lot, and we asked them to uh, just create a get out the vote video, and that was pretty much the prompt. There wasn't much more to it. Um, and so we saw, like, this really wide range of videos that was fantastic. Um, 
And so, uh, our actually our most viewed video on the site is uh, just go and vote, and it's a parody of all that jazz from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a really fantastic job with that. Uh, and David Mayers, who was the composer on that, uh, he he rearranged it. He got everyone together, but that's like a completely virtual piece. <laughs> talk about a few just right now i love so yeah the just go and vote the the all that jazz parody was 
was really well really well done and um love a good parody i and the one you um you also mentioned let's get out the vote that um elspeth and sam elspeth collard and sam rosenblatt song that one i really just was drawn to like the the music of that and how they i think it's four it's four part harmony and it's it's kind of like reminiscent of i don't know it, it was reminiscent to me of like the 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 Andrew sisters, even though that's three, three people, but, um, the, that kind of, uh, fast, uh, tight harmonies for women. Um, and I just thought it worked that, that style, uh, just worked really well with like, uh, a, a, an upbeat, like patriotic, uh, voting, voting song, um, was really engaging. Um, and yeah, the, the song from Secret Lake of Bees, I didn't see that show, but I, I really loved the song. I, so yeah, I don't know how it works in the show, but taken out of that context for, um, for the, for the purposes of, of, you know, a voting campaign, um, glad it was part of this, part of this grouping. That was a really fantastic one we got. And then the last one I should also call out, which isn't a full, uh, it actually, came in really recently mm-hmm. um, from Jacob Yates. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually know uh, he was the music director. Well, Daniel and I both know him as the music director on Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we had reached out to him to say, hey, this is what we're working on. Uh, he had uploaded this video. Um, and it's a pretty uh, star-studded, uh, I, I sh- it's a, yeah, it's a pretty star-studded cast uh, that he threw into it. It um, has like Ham- some Hamilton folks, Cats, Newsies, Wicked. Um, so that one's also worth checking out, uh, and it's specifically uh, about RBG, uh, and he writes all about it underneath, sort of where the inspiration came from. No, I'm glad they had one with, with RBG in there, um, as you know, it was just, uh, yeah, I thought that one was really well done too, with the, with the idea of her, and you know, she definitely has cast a, you know, what's the word, like a she's definitely hovering over this election season as, you know, an important piece of, of it and of voting and and everything. So that was really a nice addition as well. RBG, who the hell is she? Did a lot to help our country, hail from NYC. Born in I also just really liked the, um, the just kind of fun, it was kind of just like a pop, let your voice be heard, just like a pop, uh, pop song, but, um, you know, that was really catchy and also a fun, you know, a fun video and a fun, fun song. Another Zoom style recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tell you you're just one of a million, you're swallowed up by the crowd. They tell you that no one's gonna hear yeah, the world is way too loud. But one voice could cause a commotion, one choice could cause a great Turns 
Um, oh, and, and Divya Mouse, uh, Moss, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, um, also has one on here. She's someone, I think we also featured her on in the Contemporary Musical Theater uh, .com episode. Um, yes, they're also the writer from Molly House, which I had talked about early in those oh, uh, mm-hmm. questions. Right, so, right. Yeah, she also did one, which was great. used to think my vote didn't matter What difference does it make anyway? You feel so small being one in a million So you stay home on election day But this time it's different You've gotta make a change One by one We can add up to millions If each of us participate And we uh, always end with the final section, uh, Something Wonderful, where we just talk about um, something upcoming or current in musical theater um, that we're excited about or want to give a shout out to. Um, could be something from the site, could be something not from the site, whatever, whatever you're excited about. I'll kick it off. Um, I have two things that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think the first one is uh, a little bit broader, um, but I'm just excited to see what what ends up coming out of this. I uh, This is obviously a really challenging time uh, for everyone in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the performing arts, and there's so many uh, former collaborators, current collaborators, um, friends, etc., who um, are creating new work while we're in this, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of this. Like, I I hope we have, you know, an, another Hamilton and um, other things that, that people created during this time. Uh, I feel like every time I talk to friends who are um, writers, they're like, oh, I just took a retreat for three weeks uh, upstate or whatever. Um, and so I think that on like a broader note, I'm just excited for when things return. Like, you know, hopefully the people are more excited to see theater than ever. Uh, and so I think that I, I really hope things will come out of this. Uh, and then on a more like uh, like coming soon note, uh, I am also really excited for Michael Riedel's new book, uh, Singular Sensation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read, I don't know if you read Razzle Dazzle. Um, I hadn't, haven't yet. Other book. It took me, you know, it took me a while to get around to and I did not give it enough credit. Um, it's, it's fascinating about how the uh, theater industry, specifically the Schuberts, mm-hmm. uh, became to be what we know it, uh, them today. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really excited for his next book. It, uh, I, it's, he says um, that it's supposed to focus on the 1990s from Sunset Boulevard to The Lion King. Mm. So uh, it should be an interesting period in yeah. uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what he publishes. So I think that one's coming soon. So we'll give him a little plug right there. Awesome. And uh, for me, you know, 
it's such a tough time because so many of our friends are currently out of work and there's just this great sense of uncertainty about when we're going to be allowed back and when we do come back, what shows are able to come back. And that's just so gut-wrenching. If there's a positive that comes out of it on the Broadway side, um, in addition to what Tim said about the the virtual side and this time of just great creativity, which obviously we're, we're hoping to promote on Tenglow, but in the larger community, if there are shows that aren't going to come back or that don't open, or if suddenly of those 41 Broadway theaters, um, there's more vacancy than people had thought, um, I really hope that some other shows and some different voices being produced by newer producers get their shot. Um, I just feel like we've kind of been in this world where, um, you know, it's mostly the same producers who have the same kind of um, artistic sense, which is great. You know, they've brought us a lot of fabulous programming over the last decade. But to have new voices on Broadway, uh, both behind the scenes and, and in front of the scenes, would just be amazing to me. And so um, I, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll see that. Excellent. Um, uh, for mine, um, well, other than getting to shout out your site with this podcast episode, um, which I'm really excited about and also to personally use for my own, <laughs> for my own stuff. Um, I also just want to shout out completely unrelated to that. Um, if you know the, the Ben, the Bensons, Bensons, um, yes. they, so they had this, um, they had this uh, show that they put together in, in during the pandemic uh, for Actors Theater of Louisville called The Keep Going Song. And I watched it on the Actors Theater of Louisville platform. And right as the show kind of went off the, you know, finished its virtual run, uh, the title song, The Keep Going Song uh, from that show, uh, like exploded on social media um and now the show the entire show is back uh i just read today on broadway on demand i don't know for how long but i definitely recommend uh the keep going song by the bensons it's just like an hour uh it's like a visual i think they call it a visual album but um you know, I, I still think of it as, as musical theater. Um, uh, definitely worth, definitely worth checking out. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Scene to Song. You can write to scene to song at gmail.com with a question or comment about an episode or about musical theater. We'll answer your questions on the season finale. Please also email if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by taking a moment to rate it on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song on Twitter at Scene2Song, and on Facebook at scene to song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode. <laughs>